My heroes have always been cowboys. And they still, still are, it seems. Sadly in search of. But one step in back of themselves. And, and their slow moving dreams. <laughs> you can't quite sing that like me because your nose ain't stopped up. Good gosh, son. <laughs> I would have just played Willie on here for y'all, but I figured there's some kind of copyright or something to to where, you know, you can't play that song on a podcast unless you well, pay for it. That's probably going to get listened to so much. Willie's liable to hit us for singing it without approval. Yeah, yeah, he might do it. Uh, you know, I, I, I got to listen to that song out on the, the beach of Sapelo Island. It's become one of my new favorites. It's a... You know, I've always known the song, but I, with music, I kind of get in different moods. I'll, um, dang, did I even hit record on that thing? No, I don't think so. Let's see. With music, let's see if I hit, what in the world is going on with this thing? It probably ain't plugged up. Well, hold on just a minute. Well, the thing is with music is that it, a lot of times you like the songs because where you were at when you listened to them. I mean, there's a certain type of music you like, but at least for me, that's how it is. I like songs when they remind me of a place I was at when I listened to them or something. Looks like we're recording now. There you, the, there you go, the, Evan. On the camera. Yeah, on the camera up there. It was funny. David was... uh. <laughs> David Miller was telling me the other day, you know, they listen to the podcast now. And he said, you know, on one of those podcasts, there was a bunch of stuff on there that you guys forgot to edit out. It wasn't, wasn't, wasn't supposed to be on there. I said, man, what are you talking about? He said, yeah, it was all about Blake having to go take a crap and his stomach was messed up and all this. And I said, no, I know what you're talking about. I said, that was supposed to be on there. We, <laughs> we, we don't edit anything. <laughs> We've quit trying to do that, but it boggled his mind that we would leave. She'd talk about someone taking a boo on the podcast. No, that was that day. I know, we but that, that, that's what boggled his mind. That, oh that yeah, you yeah. Would talk about he that. he thought that was like behind the scenes conversation yeah. that we just forgot to edit out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so David, if you if you listen to this, um, well, you already know we don't edit these shows at all. They're just whatever comes out comes out and. You know, we try to keep it between the lines, kid friendly. Yeah. Um, but boy, it's been a rough day back, son. Well, sure, it's nice to have you back. It's a lot coming at you. You know, there's a lot coming at it. Come, you don't realize it. You get, you get worked into the flow of society and you know the flow of work and this and that, and you don't realize how much comes at you every day with phone calls and. You know, con even just conversations and seeing people and this and that and the other until you've been out for a long time. Uh, and I say a long time. I mean, there's plenty of people been out longer than me, longer than we were out on that trip right there. But it was eight total days. And, uh, you know, it's uh, life out there is simple, man. Yeah. You know, you... It, it it poses a a very unique set of problems or challenges, but uh, you know it's just more cut and dry. You know what I mean. And there's a lot of there's a lot of me that uh, is, I guess there's something that pulls me just to stay out there. Uh, you know that's just me, and I don't have kids or nothing, man. Probably never will. And thank goodness I'm I'm married because there probably wouldn't be a podcast for y'all to listen to if I if I didn't have somebody at home waiting on me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think everybody could probably get attracted to that kind of life if they would well get out there in it enough. If you would get out there in it enough, they eventually <laughs> you would. I mean, I don't know. Maybe not. In but. That. Stay in the hellhole for a night, and I'll tell you. We'll see what you think. We'll tell y'all about the hellhole <laughs> later on. We got Brett and Chili coming out on Wednesday, yeah. Lord willing, and I'm gonna go through my journal and 
we're going to talk through what actually happened out there on the paddle trip. Um, but, you know, I wanted to start off just kind of from from my angle and and give you guys a few things that maybe a few takeaways that can help you in your life. Because from, from my angle, because this was something that I had wanted to do for a long time, and we just happened to drag Chili along, and uh, Brett decided he wanted to do it kind of a month or two ahead of time, but it's not something that was really on his list for a long time. And I think it's very interesting to to understand why I was inspired to go out and do that mission on the Altamaha River, which is Georgia's mightiest river. It's nicknamed the Little Amazon, super remote, and uh, just a, an amazing, beautiful place. It ended up being a probably a little over 140 miles of paddling. But the way it was inspired is personal to me, and that's why I feel comfortable talking about that without Brett and Chili here, you know. So this is not necessarily the details of what went on out there, which is a tremendous amount of uh, funny things that you guys will get to hear on Wednesday when we put the episode out. But, you know, there's this old lady. I probably shouldn't call her an old lady. <laughs> But she is an older lady. I think Emmy's 82 years old. Elderly. (laughs) Emmy, if you listen to this, I'm sorry for calling you an old lady. (laughs) Let me tell you I won't do this. I just old woman one time I knew. I I mean no disrespect by that. Um, But Emmy is, I think she's 80 or 82. And... She's a family friend, and I met, oh gosh, I met Emmy probably back for the first time back in maybe 2014 or something like that. I know I was still active duty in the Navy, and she she lives in a a really beautiful home down on the Sapelo River down in South Georgia. And, you know, we... Because she's a family friend on Brookside, we would go down there and and meet her. And I I remember the first time I ever met her. And she has dedicated her entire life to rehabilitating animals and also conservation and uh, preserving the environment uh, in, in that coastal region and even beyond that. And she's she's... It's been her life's work. I mean, her whole life's work. And, you know, I would imagine millions and millions of dollars spent on conservation and rehabilitation of of animals and nature. And so there's not very many people that, that I meet in life that I can remember when I met them. Very few. I mean, people that I met years and years ago Obviously, if I meet somebody new tomorrow, the next day I'll remember who they are. But, you know, you meet somebody years and years ago and you remember exactly when you met them. And so she's just a really, really unique and special person. And so as we would go down and visit her just every so often, maybe once a year, some years we didn't even go down, I would hear her talk about this place called the Altamaha River, which is essentially like one river over from where she lives. She lives on Sapelo, and then, you know, you go across uh, just south, and that's where the mouth of the Altamaha is, where it dumps out into the Atlantic. And I would hear her talk about this place and, you know, adventuring up the river, but she always said she had never been all the way to the headwaters and in her in the cabin she has a guest cabin and in that guest cabin where we would stay there was there's a book that sits between two old uncomfortable chairs uncomfortable as crap but i sit in them anyways and there would be a little book sitting there and it's called uh the altamaha the the altamaha a river and its keeper and i actually just ordered the book on amazon the other day and it's mainly photography with short, you know, little paragraphs that describe what the pictures are showing. 
and I would pick up that book and I would look at it and, and write in the cover the author of the book, which was the he the, the author was the river keeper for the Altamaha, and Emmy knows him. And he wrote a handwritten thing in there for Emmy, thanking her for all that she's done for the environment there on the Ultima Hall. And I'm looking through these photos and just seeing the environment that the Ultima Hall River creates and that it flows through. And I'm like, man, this it looks mythical, man. And... You know, just hearing her talk about it and her being such a unique person and knowing that that was a special place to her, that inspired me to go and do this mission, which was a big commitment financially and time. It was a huge commitment. And I had that inspiration probably about two years ago. And I'll get to that here in just a minute. But Emmy inspired me. Now, now there's only been maybe, uh, maybe two or three people in my entire life that have really inspired me to do anything. You know, I would say Frank Cutler's one. Frank Cutler really inspired me to move forward uh, with SEAL training after my heart surgery and. You know, Emmy's another one of, of maybe only the two. There may be three. If I really thought about what I've done in my life, bigger things that I've done in my life. And uh, so Emmy's one. And I just thought, I got, I got to thinking, and I thought, you know, what a powerful and unique person. Uh, when you have the ability at 82 years old, she's a widow, lives by herself, has no social media, has no internet, has nothing. But what a powerful person when you can just be that type of person and inspire a 33-year-old former Navy SEAL to go and do an epic adventure. And I thought, you know, how many, how many elderly or older people get cast aside and... I think not only cast aside by society, but they get to a point where they just think no one's going to listen to them and, mm -hmm. and nothing that they have to say is going to affect the world or the people around them anymore because, you know, they're older now and, and they can't actually be the ones out there doing, mm -hmm. you know, like Emmy's, Emmy rode her bike across the United States from coast to coast. Like, she's used to doing. She's a doer, but mm -hmm. she's in a situation now where she still gets around, but she's not, she can't go paddle the Altima Hall. And um, I just thought, man, that's something to really, really take on board and say, it, it, it's, it really is encouraging to me personally to know that that can happen, even when you get into your latter years. Mm-hmm that you can still have an impact on young people that are out looking for something epic to do. And you can inspire them to do that just by being who you are and, uh, and telling a few old stories of, of what is special to you. Yeah. You man. know, to me that that's easy to see. I think the a lot of the problem lies in the younger generation that doesn't value what the, older generation has done in their stories and stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, if obviously you think most people who have done cool things think what they have done is cool and want to share their stories, but when you get this younger generation that doesn't want to listen or doesn't want to do anything about it, then you just stop sharing your stories, right? I mean, you... Yeah, well, and you know, you know what? It's, it's, it's as I think through, like, what actually made me want to go do this? It was it wasn't even really a story that Amy told. It was it was seeing her passion for that place that made me want to go mm -hmm. and see what it was. And it was just little snippets here and there. It was never like this big grand story. Never yeah. did she challenge me like, "Hey, you should go and paddle this." It was hearing her say, "I wish I would have." 
how I wish I would have done that. Yeah. Um, at some point, I'm, I, I can't do it now. It's a lifetime of stories that, w- that yeah. inspired you, right? Yeah, but it was mainly her passion for the place. I, I knew because she is who, we, who she is, and I knew enough about what she dedicated her life to, that if it was special to her, it had to have been a legitimately special environment. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that's also a key portion you know, not only not only passing along the the stories and and the things that that you m- might have to share, but also remaining passionate about something even in your latter years. Yeah, you know what I mean, because that is really what what drove me to do it. You don't see a lot of older people that are really passionate about. I mean, am I wrong by saying that? You, you don't see a lot of older people that are really passionate about something or some, yeah. you know, some mission or some place. At least those older people aren't necessarily around me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's that not that they're not passionate about it or if they just no longer have the capabilities to do the things that they're passionate about. Like, Emmy's still passionate about that river, but she can't do it to the extent that she used to do. And so maybe you just don't see it. I mean, I think there's still a lot of people, older people that are passionate about things. They're just not capable to do the things to display their passion for it, you know. So maybe, you know, what you're getting at here is that to find some way to still be active in your passion like Emmy is for for the river, you know, and whatever it is for anyone else, find a way to, to still participate in those things yeah. that you're passionate about. Yeah, and I do want to make a caveat to this conversation. Just because someone's old doesn't mean they possess wisdom. Yeah. I've I've seen that. Like I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> so this is this is a, a unique lady that in my opinion does has maintained that passion and is wise and it and has dedicated her life to conservation. So that's what inspired me to go do it. And what do, what can you take away from this? Well, if you're getting older, don't think that don't think that it's just time for you to give up on what you're passionate about or trying to inspire others because <laughs> here's here's evidence that it can happen. Well, I'll say not even only older, don't pay no attention to age, period, because there are young people that are extremely wise and have lived a hard life and grown up quick, and there's old people that have never grown up and they don't know a lick about nothing. So there's both ends of the spectrum, so regardless of what your age... I mean, look at Paul in the Bible talking to Timothy. You know, don't be discouraged in your youth, and it can be the same for... Yeah. I mean, the Bible, maybe I'm wrong, I don't know if it says it, but... In my opinion, you can say the same thing. Don't be discouraged in your older years because you're not able to do things. So I would say don't pay attention to age at all. Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, look at you. You're in your early 30s and have have lived a life that most people will never live in 100 years. So, yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. Yeah. Well, I want to go back to one other main theme that I thought about personally while I was out there. I told you guys that I had met Emmy and I kind of had the inspiration to go do this thing two years ago. And as I'm out, as I was out on the river going through the mission, I, I kept thinking, why in the world did it take me two years to go and do this? Like, why? I knew I wanted to do it. Like, that, that, it, it wasn't like I was going back and forth with, oh, is this something I would enjoy or, or is it? No, I knew I wanted to do it. And it took me two dang years to go out and do it. I mean, I personally think that's pretty unsat because there wasn't a ton of planning involved. I already had most of the gear that that I needed to go do it, um, and it just it just man, you look around you, and and 
you know, two years might not seem like a long time to you guys because there are plenty of people that you know, and you might be one of these people that have spent a lifetime putting off the life that you want to live or something that you want to do. You've spent a lifetime putting those things off because you think you're going to get to some point where the timing is just perfect. And let me go ahead and tell you, it's never going to freaking happen. Yeah. It is never going to happen. If there's something that you want to do, if it's an adventure, if, if it's some place you want to see, if it's some thing you want to create, if it's whatever, if there's something that you're driven to do, stop putting it off, man. The timing is never going to be right. You just simply have to find a way to make it work. Yeah. And usually when you find a way to make it work, it may feel a little risky or uncomfortable at the, at the time, but once you get the ball rolling, you're going to realize, oh, this is this is working out better than I thought. I'm getting more out of this than I even thought I was going to get out of it. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this is actually going to happen. So for me, I put it off for two years, and finally, uh, I, I had this realization that I'm telling you guys right now. The timing is never going to be perfect for me to go away for nine days. I was gone for nine days. Never going to be perfect. And I just told Blake one day down at the canoe house, I said, I want to, I'm going to do this. Let's, let's buy some dang kayaks. We didn't even go in there to buy kayaks. Yeah. I don't even know. We, we just stopped in there to talk and this. I, I think we might've wanted to look at something or something like that. I said, I'm going to paddle this dang river. I don't care what the crap we've got. Here's a, here's a, here's a, a big enough span of time on our calendar that we can put everything else aside and do it. Yeah. And we bought the daggone boats that day. And I think that's another important part. Like we made a we made a big investment in two kayaks. <laughs> and so that's another important part. I think once you once there is something that you want to do, make the make the initial investment. Yeah. Because once you do that, you're going to be more, it's like the thing that puts you on the tracks. And, and then it's way harder to put that thing that you want to do. It's way harder to put it off if you've, if you've made the investment yeah. in order to buy the equipment or the gear or, or the, the plane tickets or, or whatever. Uh, it's way harder to put it off as, 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 as soon as you make that initial investment because Trust me, we could have filled last week up with whatever we wanted to fill it up with. We could have worked slap as hard as we wanted to work, son. And I might would have done that if we wasn't already spent $2,500, $2,600 on kayaks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Uh, I think that's an, an important step. And, yeah, I mean, I'm just... Well, I'll say, you know, that, that same lesson comes in other areas aside from from the river like you hear people talk about it with kids all the time but i experience the same thing like when you decide yeah i think we want to have kids and you think well crap where am i going to get the money from the time from where's all you know how is it gonna where are we gonna they're gonna go to school and you try to start planning everything out ahead of time and it's like ah, no it's not gonna work out we'll do it later but there, there's never a perfect time to have kids. Like you're never going to have enough. There may be a better time to do things. And I think there's some important things you get in place before you go do a mission or, I mean, I can relate to it in having kids. Like it's, it's important that you got some kind of job and a home to put them in. Right. It's important that you can take off work to go do your mission or adventure or whatever it is that you're doing. So there's some things that make sense to put in place, but nothing is ever going to be perfect where you say, Oh yeah. Now is the time. Yeah. Now is the yeah. time. And and so I can relate to it in having kids. I had to just had to come to the realization that we're working through crap now and we'll just work through it when we got kids yeah. and we can provide them a pretty good environment and they'll work through it with us. 
Yeah, you, you're right. There are some macro level parameters. Uh, you know, you're right. You got to have a house. You got to have a job. You got to have the money to buy your boats. You got <laughs> yeah. like there are some macro parameters, but usually it's not those. By macro, I mean like zoomed out, right? Ma- yeah. Micro is zoomed in. Macro parameters are are the big, the big building blocks of your life. What stops you is the micro. Yeah, right. That's what stops you. What I what you realize when what I realize when I'm out there on on the river and then eventually on the ocean was uh I think well I don't know what the percentage is I I don't know 80, 80 to ninety percent of the crap that comes at you from day to day is pointless it's just bull crap it's just bull crap yeah. Uh, those are the the little the, the the micro things are what fill your day to day up. You can kick that crap aside, and everything's not going to fall apart. Like that's the unknowns. Is that the unknowns? You have your threats and your unknowns. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can. I, I promise you. Uh, you know, look. Get somebody to answer your emails while you're gone. Like, just. Like you, you can. I mean, if it was up to me, I would completely quit answering them. I, I mean, I, thankfully, I have Blake here. Out of but, office email, if you need. Yeah, to. put it out of office. Like that stuff can be put aside and needs to be for an amount of time. Yeah, I promise you, the world will not fall apart. So that was one of my big lessons while I was out there, man. I'm gonna start putting the things that I want to do with my life in front of all the little micro bull crap that hits me from day to day. I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. You know, I'm just, that's where I'm at, man. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think everybody should have that stuff. It should be in front of it. I mean, that's, that's the way it should be because then, you will do a better job at the other... Th- I mean, obviously, there's a level where it's like, okay, now you're not doing anything, and all you're doing is all these adventures, and you're not doing nothing, or whatever it is that you're putting in front. But if you're not doing that at all, then your performance at work or home or whatever is just going to be terrible. You've got to have... I mean, it goes back to the recharging episode. If Whatever you got to do to recharge, you've got to put that in front and make sure you have time to do it. Yeah, I agree. I think two I think two big big adventures or challenges per year. I mean, you know, substantial. I'm not talking about, you know, going and, and spending a, a weekend in the woods or something. I mean yeah. which that may be substantial. that may be really substantial to some people. That's all relative. Yeah, it's all relative. But like whatever for you is is really really gonna stretch you, really gonna be new to you really gonna just um it maybe fill you up in 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 different ways you know about two about twice a year I, I think that's a that's a good standard and of course if you can do it more that's awesome but you know man i know so many people who spend a lifetime working so that they 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 think they're gonna get to a point where it's like all right now it's time to retire and do all the things that I wanted to do. And they're like, holy crap, my body's so old, I can't do them. Yeah. Huh. Thank God. That's not gonna that's not me. Yeah. Thank God, man, that that I don't have that mindset. There's a story and I I don't remember it exactly or where I, where I even heard it, but it's a, a about a fisherman that's got a family lives on the coast and he goes out and fishes every day. And catches what he needs for his family, but he's really good at fishing. So this big charter boat or company, whatever, comes and says, hey, I'll pay you all this money if you'll come fish for us. And uh, you can make a lot of money, and when you get older, you can retire and, you know, live your life. And he's like, no, why would I do that? Because I go out and catch the fish for my family every day, and I'm doing that day-to-day now. I'm providing for my family, and and I'm not going to be young, and my kids aren't going to be young, and only but one time. And so it's... I've just always thought of that example of like you do what you want and get enough, 
but when you get caught up in trying to get ahead so that down the road you will be able to relax, like it, it never works out. Oh, man. Most oh. people are not, I don't know the percentage or how many, but a lot of, I know personally a lot of people that get so close to retirement or just into retirement and they pass away or, or get some kind of, you know, bad diagnosis or whatever. And all that time they spent working for that moment, it, it's a gamble. Yep. It's a gamble of, do I put all this time in and in the end I might not get to enjoy what I spent all of this effort working for. That's right. Yeah. It's a losing gamble in my opinion. <clears throat> yeah. Nine times out of ten. Well, yeah, because even if you're not dead, there's still <laughs> you're still not able to do what you were able to do so long before. And yeah. the people in your life are, are different people. You know, you just you're doing different things. Um so I, I feel like what 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 I just did, it was really truly like a I, I, I say it's a li- it's a life changing experience and a lifelong memory. So I feel a sense of responsibility now to share that mission with other people. Uh, so I think next year we're gonna run we're I, I'm gonna run that as a as a mission. I'm gonna take ten people on that mission down the Altima Hall. Because every time I go to do every time I go and do something, it's always bigger than just me. I'm always thinking, is this something that is within the parameters uh, of of some of like what I can share with like is it not just so off the wall, yeah, difficult and dangerous that I can't share it with other people? And this was not that way. Yeah. This was a life changing thing that I think can be shared with a lot of people that aren't even necessarily athletes or, or outdoorsmen. They're going to have to learn a lot and work hard along the way. Yeah. Because it is tough. Um, but I want to take 10 people on this mission next year. And I'm thinking it'll have to be basic course graduates. Yeah. That, that we know. Yeah. You'll have to know the people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that's where I'm at with that. That's how I definitely feel a sense of responsibility to share that place and that experience with others now. There's going to be a lot to making that happen. Oh, yeah. You know, if we charged for that mission, it if you brought a group of ten, you would wanna you would wanna make it nine days, probably nine to because you would want a little cushion time. And if you if you brought a group of ten people, and you and we had to furnish all the boats, oh yeah, and specialized equipment, there's gonna be a lot of overhead in running that. Yeah, so it won't be cheap, but. I think there's 10 people out there that are willing to make the investment to have the experience. We'd have to buy a um, storage facility to store all the boats <laughs> for that. <laughs> 10 I don't, kayak, e- I don't even know if Jackson would sell us 10 kayaks. I just, I talked to Brandon today at the canoe house. He said, man, I can't, I'm not going to get any boats from Jackson in 2021 because they've sold out all their, Dang. their stock for 2021. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh yeah. Coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. That's, okay. Yep. I forgot. It's coronavirus. Yeah. They're probably all on those boats on the West Coast. <laughs> Gosh, dog, man. Oh, man. So that was the inspiration behind the trip. One of the main lessons learned behind the paddle and uh, that I wanted to share with you guys and then, of course, let you guys know if you've, if you've graduated the basic course that this is something that I want to do in the future uh, with you guys. I think we can run a group of 10 and... I don't know. I, I'm not sure about what I what I'm gonna do next. Dang, C, big C17 or C130 just. I think it was C130 just flew over out there. Um, Red Dawn. Yeah. Good lord! I walked in today and Blake had brand new guns strolled out all around this place. I said, "Good gosh, man! He's a this Tucker is going gun crazy." Um, that ain't true. I ain't got many. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm thinking of what I, what I want to do next. 
I do want to do I, I want to do the Penhody FKT, but I really don't that to me is just four days long. And yeah, it'll be hard, but that kind of hard don't really that kind of hard is just it's just hard. I'm I'm used to that, man. So I'm talking about big adventure. And so I'm actually thinking about starting on the Atlantic coast on Sapelo Island where we ended the paddle trip and running from there all the way across the country to the Pacific Northwest. I'm thinking about doing that. I'm thinking it'd take me about four months. Yeah. Or longer. Four days, four months. <laughs> four days on the Penhody, four months on the... I'm just telling you, I'm thinking about doing that, man. Chili, Chili's all about it, too. Chili, Chili's all about oh, it. Or he's used to them journey runs. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and tell you, he ain't ready. <laughs> Y'all get to hear all about Chili. Oh, man. Y'all get to all, hear all about Chili's struggles. Scruggles. On Wednesday. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. Um... So that's what I had on my heart today. I got a new pair of these. How do you say these sunglasses here, Blake? I think it's Bajio. Bajio. B-A-J-I-O sunglasses because my Leopold sunglasses failed me on my paddle. The inside of the lenses blistered. They like bubbled up and you can't see nothing out of them. Bull crap, dude. I mean, Leopold don't care about little old me. They don't give a crap. But I, but that was unsat, man. That yeah. was an expensive pair of sunglasses. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they slap failed me, so I got me some new sunglasses here. Well, them are supposed to be... Uh, These are glass lenses. Yeah, but um, somebody came in and bought Costa, Del Mar, or whatever they are, out. And moved all like fired everybody and moved the production overseas. So what this is what Brandon was telling me, and the the guy that started that was like the president of Costa that got fired and he kept all the manufacturing in the U.S. and then created that company. Nice, that's awesome. Um, y'all, I'm sure y'all have. Uh, I don't know if y'all have been seeing or hearing. Some of my rants on Facebook here. I mean, Facebook. I don't even use Facebook anymore. Um, some of my rants on Instagram here lately. I made two yesterday. The first post that I went through was talking about how hard it is. I told you guys, it kind of. There's something that pulls me to stay out in that that obscure wilderness, and I'm, I talked through it and. Uh, you know, out there on the river, too, you see a lot of pollution and a lot of trash in certain places. Other places are pristine. But when you when you do go through the very few places where there is a human presence because a road crosses or there's a town there or something, you do see trash and you see pollution. And I realized, <clears throat> first of all, I don't know how to attack that other than shaming people. For throwing trash out. Cause it's not an education thing. Like you cannot be so dumb that you don't know not to throw trash out. You just maybe you can be that dumb. I, I don't I don't know, but like it's it, you can't you can't convince me that there are enough people that are that freaking dumb that they don't know it's not right to throw trash out. So I think it goes back to the root problem of, of all the problems. The trash and pollution that people leave in their wake is simply a representation of their marred and filthy hearts. I mean, if inside, if they're dirty and filthy and not cleansed by the blood of Christ and they haven't had a, a change of heart, well, they're just going to make everything they touch dirty and filthy. And so I guess it goes back to the root cause of, uh, of everything that, that we've talked about. Um, 
And on this, I said a restoration is needed upon humanity, not a revival, not a revival. There ain't nothing left to revive, man. I, I hate to be negative, man. But, but you know. For what? For the uh, just people in general or what? Yeah. Yeah, they're just, there ain't nothing. There's got to be something there to, to revive. What are you saying? There needs to be a whole new race or a whole new species? Uh, there, just, uh, there needs to be a complete restoration of yeah. the person's heart, man. <clears throat> and... You know, and I said not an election and not an inspiration either. I talked about on the last podcast about what, how, how I feel about trying to inspire people right now. I was like, you know, I talked about that, whatever. Um, but the revival part leads into kind of the next post that I did, the next rant that I did, where I talked about how the church, meaning the body of Christ, not the, well, really, the body of Christ, yes, church, is failing uh, communities, society, um, failing the world, essentially. Man, I don't, I I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I'm just, you know, I see, I see a lot of, Especially Baptist churches say calling for revival. I mean, that ain't working, buddy. <laughs> it, 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 just, I, it ain't working. I mean, there, there's nothing left to revive. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I and I. What what brought this rant up was we were laying in in I was laying no Chili was laying in his tent one night. And and we and I was sitting out by the fire and we were talking, and Chili kept saying that we were talking about Catholic and and all these different denominations and stuff. And Chili said, "Well, yeah, you're a Protestant," and I said, "No, I'm not a freaking Protestant." He was like, "Well, yeah, you are. You 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 believe this way and this way and this way." And I'm like, "No, dude, I am not a Protestant. I, I am I'm the same as some Gentile that was converted by Paul." Uh. Back, you know, 2,000 years ago. I'm not a daggone Protestant. I'm a follower of Christ, man. Yeah. And the church is becoming, has, no, not becoming, it has become a den of thieves, a daggone business, and especially this this Catholicism, which is dying anyways, it's not. It's a. It's a some weird form of government slash business. It's a den of freaking thieves, man. Look, man. I don't know about all churches all over the nation. Okay, I'm just looking from an outside perspective, and I'm like, where is there is no unity in the body of Christ? There is no unity. Like, where is? The church in in society, like where is the church in community, like dictating, like no, we're not gonna freaking stand for this, man. Mm -hmm. Like where has the church been, the body of Christ? Where have they been through this whole this whole dang pandemic? Like where have they been? Yeah, you ain't seen them nowhere. Well, it's even it's aside from church, it's. Just Christians in general. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. When I say the church, that's yeah. that's what I mean, man. Well, people are. I mean, I don't know. Maybe not. But they think you, when you mention Baptist and Catholicism, that they, they're. I think they're probably picturing the different denominations and well, the different actual churches. Those are all businesses. Yeah. Well, that denomination stuff. That's yeah. a, that's a bunch of bull, man. Yeah. The same as the difference between a a Protestant and a Catholic. That's a bunch of. All that is is a bunch of bull, dude. Well, it's it is division is is what it is. They have divided. I mean, anything where you start to label something as different than the other, then you've divided. So, Baptist, Presbyterian, whatever, all of those are just all divisions. And the more divided you are, the less unified you are. How? how you know? do, yeah. I mean, how do we? Do you realize Christians in America? There's a big bunch of us. 
and we have a lot of resources and we could have a lot of pull in our communities and, and in our nation. Like, how do you create unity within the body of Christ? And these this organized religion is not doing it. It ain't doing it, man. It's failing. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, dude. Y'all don't hate me for saying this. I, it just frustrates the crap out of me. Like, I talked to Brian earlier today at the gym. And he said, he said, look, man, people want the church to be a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. They don't want it to be a battleship. All they want to do is work on making the church a cruise ship. Yeah. What the crap, man? Well, it's just like we talked on the podcast before when we were flying back from Utah and we were behind those young men that were, I think they were Mormon or something, and they were required to go out for two years and serve them their Mormon religion. And you think, like, Christianity is that doesn't have anything. I mean, not I'm not saying that's what they should do or not, but there's no kind of service that people are doing like that. I mean, those people are taking that stuff serious. And the Jehovah's Witness coming knocking on your door, they're taking that crap serious. They're saying, I don't know that it's necessarily working, but they're taking it serious. Yeah, but but they're taking action. Yeah. And maybe it's not working because it's not the the right answer, but they're, they're putting the effort in. You know, action is better than sitting there doing nothing. Yeah, it is. And... Um, Blake's been smiling at me the whole time I've been over here talking about this, this situation well, within organized religion. I'm tell I'm smiling because I I went over and helped PN paint uh, cabinets earlier. Yeah, and he he was uh, talking. He said I'm gonna give Chad some feedback on that. So I'm just smiling. Think. Um, oh, I hope so, he listens to this podcast. Yeah, he'll listen. Well, he to already it. heard the rant on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> it, I don't know, man. It's just it's just frustrating that when I when I ride by. What's this church down here in Atlanta? The the big one that looks like a massive cathedral. You, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, maybe that? Mount Perrin or something. Is it Cross Point or? I, oh, I don't know. I don't. You know the one I'm talking about. It's it's right on, like it's right on 75. I think that's Mount Perrin. Okay. When I ride by this place, and I see their, uh, probably billion dollars worth of infrastructure, I say, Hey, boy, where you been? Yeah. You, you, look, look around you, man. Where you been? You know? What what, what, you, what you doing? It, it's like, I'm doing all I can over here. I'm not saying I have all the answers. All I, dude, all I can say. I Well, after I post that video, you, you don't know how many people have messaged me and said, dude, we, we, ha- we left organized religion we left our local congregation because they forced these masks upon us um these these catholic folks are are now all for the vaccines all most churches around are still forcing the mask issue if you're a church and you're forcing your congregation to wear a mask you need to figure your mess out son you need to figure your mess out. Look, man. Just for f- look, the only answer I have right now is fulfill the Great Commission. You have a Great Commission. I do. All of us do. Fulfill it, man. It says, Go ye. It doesn't say, Go ye to the church building. It says, go ye to all nations, teaching people what Jesus told you and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What? Look, man, how many, every Christian should have a couple of baptisms under their belt. Yeah. Yeah. Go out and find some folks to baptize, man. Look, I just, 
I'm just so frustrated with this. Well, let me share this quote with Please you. Please do. You might. I don't I'm know, frustrated as crap Maybe with this, you man. get something out of it. This People is, ask me why I don't go to church or, or why I don't participate in organized religion. This is from a guy named Tim Keller, and it says, Love without truth is sentimentality. It supports and affirms us, but keeps us in denial about our flaws. Truth without love is brutality. It gives us information, but in such a way that we cannot really hear it. So I say this to say the issues that come up, that I've just been thinking about that quote a lot, and anything that you see is wrong, if you approach it with love only, all it is is a good sentiment, and you're totally neglecting what's wrong. But if all you share is the truth with no love behind it, then it's put in such a way that's so brutal that people are like, crap, I, I ain't messing with that. There's there's no love behind it. So the issues that we see and that come up have to be put out there with truth of, hey, this is failing, and this is why, but maybe this is what, this is a, an idea we can try to fix it or what can be behind it because we love Christianity and this is how we want to see it flourish or do better or make the community better. And, and I think a good example, and I'm not promoting this because it's ours, but is resurrected. I mean, I think it it's growing. People are sharing stories about how it has impacted them and then they have in turn helped other people with that. And I think that's how it changes and begins to grow into this thing that's big enough that should be managed properly to where then it has some pull, like you said, in the communities and and then into the nation. That's it. Why the body of Christ should have influence? Yeah, over over community. It's like, like the the Catholic Church has a. I don't know if it does anymore, but you know it used to have a big influence over the communities and government and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It it should, and and it's just. But it's just not there, man. You can also say that maybe the government is so corrupt, no matter how big we are, we would not have any influence anyways because they're not going to listen to us, you know? Yeah. I mean, you got you got to be pretty powerful to have influence being truthful in a corrupt government. Yeah. And you've got to have some blackmail or some serious blackmail or something. Man. Yeah, it's something that's really been, it's something that, and I haven't thought completely through this. It just really ticked me off when Chile called me a Protestant. <laughs> it did. And I'm ticked off about it. In love. Well, it's, I'm uh, lovingly ticked off. Well, you can be ticked off without love, but not, what I'm saying is if you have, if you're going to share something, there's got to be some love behind the truth that you're sharing. It can't just be a, uh, Come over here and let me slap you because you did wrong. Now go do right, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and it also can't be, let me give you a hug. Just try to do a little bit better. I'll tell you what. Yeah, well, and speaking on that, I've heard uh, I, I've heard a couple of people in, in my recent conversations come, at, come out with the, the message of just – just be the best you can. Just believe what you want to believe. Uh, even if, you know, obviously we're saying, we're reading from the same Bible, but just believe what you want to believe and do the best you can. And if you're a good person, you're going to make it. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you right now, son. Nah. Yeah. You know, that was part of that, that whole thing. Our righteousness, no matter how good we think we are, is literally as filthy rags in the light of Christ. It's not good enough, man. And there is there is there is no hope in a message that just says, Hey, you can believe what you want to believe, the Bible says, and just do the best you can and you're gonna be all right. And I think that's being put out a lot too, man. I think that's being put out a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, even to uh, I saw something the other day, and it it was I don't it's probably on Instagram or something, but it was this picture, and it it was talking about people's headstones that say "Rest in Peace," and it said you're putting out 
essentially a bunch of crap by saying that because a lot of these people, just because you love someone and they died doesn't mean that they're resting in peace. A lot of those people are burning in hell right now because they didn't give their life to Jesus. And so, you know, kind of to your point, that's a, that's truth that needs to be shared in the loving way that, hey, not just because it says RIP on this headstone and, and somebody loved that person doesn't mean that all is well now. Mm-hmm. And and they're all healed and they're without pain and just sitting fat and happy. I just wish all these denominations and these divisions and all this mess would just go away. And and, and there was like unity. Like if you saw a church, you realize that meant it was a, a church building. It just meant that there was a group of Christians that met up yeah. there. You didn't have to worry once a about week. Uh, is that. Church of God or Baptist or... I, I wish all that crap would go away, man. Man, I wish it would go away. Um, I don't know if it ever will, but... Well, all we can do is live our lives in a way to put in an effort to change that. And just like Emmy inspired you, I know you don't like the word inspired, but that's what it was. Yeah, and, yeah it was. It yeah. was genuine inspired. So just like she inspired you, you live your life in a manner that is receptive to other people to say, I, you know, Chad's right. That I, I think that I think that's right. Let's try to change the tide a little bit. I mean, I, maybe you'll see it all go away in your lifetime, or maybe you won't. But if you see, if you start to see a shift and change, then it, I mean, it's mission accomplished. You you're not going to achieve anything that big. Maybe with God, I'm not barring anything, but in in one lifetime, you know, like that's a big feat. But yeah. if you can shift the tide, it beats being aggravated about it. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm that's what I'm saying. I'm doing the best I can over here, man. Yeah. At, at least the best I can do today with what I have. I do miss the mark quite a bit. I'm not saying I do the best. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I try to do. The best I can do with the work God gives me every single day. Well, but and here's the thing about the church: it what is it made up of? It's a group of people. It's always going to get screwed up. Well, yeah. I yeah. mean, even if all the religions, I mean, all of the denominations were gone, it's still a group of people, and it's still going to be messed up. It it is never going to be right. And you're going to say, "Son, them jokers, look at what they are perfect. Got that perfect. I mean, it can always be better." But I mean, right now, what's what's the better alternative to it? Like, it it could be much much better, but the better alternative is some unified association under the banner of Christ. Yeah, but it's not there now. So work toward that. But you yeah. still need Christians gathering together and being the bottom. I'm not talking about in organized religion. I mean, there's really not a better option than that right now. And, but until you get something better, we just took to the woods. Yeah, but you're three people. Oh no, I, I'm I'm saying with the basic course. Oh yeah, yeah. When when, when everybody shut, when all the churches shut down and yeah. and and got and and finally we just took to the woods, man. And we're still taking. We started to it. had we started having church in the woods. Yep. Um. We need more people doing that. The last thing I'm gonna say on this rant right here is the people that are out there, there are some, not all, but a lot of people that are out there right now that have influence, their faith is just a side thing. Yeah. They're entrepreneurs and Christians. Mm -hmm. They're congressmen and Christians. They're former special operators and Christians. They're billionaires and Christians. And that drives me up the wall, dude. Well, really, it's and then Christians. That's right. The people out there, not all people. I got to quit saying that. Some people out there. Some people out there. Look. Your faith should be at the forefront of who you are. You should be a Christian and then a congressman. Mm -hmm. You should be a Christian and then 
a leader. You should be a Christian and then a business owner. All right? So quit making your, your faith this side part of who you are and what your mission is in life. Because it just looks freaking silly, man. It just looks silly. Well, it looks fake as well. Yeah. And insignificant. Like. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah, and I'm a Christian. So you can trust me. Yeah. It's like uh, I'm a Blake president of 3 of 7 Project, and I'm also a member of whatever club you want to say, the, <laughs> the American Legion, the Lions Club, or yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. It's like, oh, well, yeah, that's kind of cool. That's the last thing I'm gonna say on 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 that rant there. They're gone. We've done one an hour. We got to get off of this thing. Son, I can't believe you drug this thing out an hour with me on here. That was kind of a scattered podcast, guys. <laughs> you you just got a little bit of all of what's bouncing around in my mind today. I tell you, you guys will learn this. Chad, when he comes back from these things, he, this is this is a raw dump right here. He just it's just raw thoughts and information coming out. Yeah. And you you'll listen to his tone of voice. Pay attention. He's much more calm now that he's back. He's not quite wound up by the uh 80% of things coming at him. Oh yeah. Yep. Well, if you call that calm. Well, you was in your tone of voice, you were much more calm. Maybe your topics weren't Okay. weren't quite as calm, but well. I love you guys. I appreciate you tuning in. Started it with Willie Nelson, ended it like this, son. And yeah, and we'll we'll have we'll talk about what actually happened out there on the river uh, <laughs> next Wednesday, and then you can decide if you want to be one of the ten that jumps off in on this on this rig <laughs> next year. Enough said. <laughs>